Wait for it. Wait for it. And we're live. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans. It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just a couple of nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. We are the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. So without further ado, we're going to allow our guest, Mr. James J.E. Pittman, to introduce himself. Hi, everybody. Uh, James Pittman here. J.E. Pittman's what I write under. Uh, I write the Felix Chance series. It's a uh, darkly cozy urban fantasy. So lots of fun, weird things happen. And, uh, you know, it's just lighthearted, good fun with a little bit of depth to it. I like that. Depth is good. So this is the part, dear listener, where I tell you how we first found them. So uh, James and Nick and I actually met at an annual Yeti conclave uh, where we met with a Sasquatch that inspired his books. She was too sassy for him. I think she fell in love with him, but we're really not supposed to talk about that. Um, but there was lots of booze involved. That's where um, James introduced Nick to all kinds of weird concoctions. And he went from drinking like low rent beer uh, to being sophisticated and manly and drinking bourbon and whiskey. Yeah. Is that how you remember it, Nick? Or do you remember it at all? Oh, I was kind of like a Bud Light dude, and then I don't know what happened. Actually, you know, I'm drinking scotches and bourbons and magic drink drinks. You with your pinky in the air now, and I don't know. It just went weird. Well, that's because this one's kind of broken. It kind of goes off at a little angle there. I, have Here, no I thought you were just being – I just thought you were being oh, – my... thought it was my Emily Post negative. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, sorry, Emily Post. He, he has rejected and ejected you from the chat. All right. So are you ready for this? Or you've been on before, so the religion question is going to be a little bit different. Are you ready? All right. All right. Stargate, Babylon 5, or Terra Nova? Ooh. As much as I enjoyed the Terra Nova, I got to go Stargate. I liked all of them, so I don't know how I would pick. But Terra Nova died too soon. What well, wasn't to like dinosaurs and sci-fi? But, of course, it, it fell under the curse of the Fox Entertainment. So that's Right. Dinosaurs, sci-fi, and time travel. Yeah, and there was so many opportunities at the end of season one where they could have just gone cool places with it, and I was excited. And then it was like, we hate you, dear listener, dear viewer at Fox Entertainment, and we want to make you miserable, so we're canceling your, canceling your favorite show. And went something like that. Do you think like the devil has a meeting with the Fox Entertainment uh, staff and is like, we're going to get them to like it, then we're going to cancel it? No. Uh, I've encountered a few charming devils with Felix, and uh, he ain't responsible for that shit. I mean, there's got to be some sort of nefarious uh, entity involved, because what uh, decent human being would do that to their fellow man? I'd, I'd, blame, I'd blame the spiteful fae, because they're real bitches. I don't know, Nick. You, you going to weigh in on this one? Use your theology the fae? I don't know. I just want to know where the fae touched you. Show me on this doll where the fae touched you. <laughs> made you feel this way. <laughs> All right, because we are polytheistic here over at the Blasters and Blades podcast, Conan the Barbarian, Lady Hawk, or Clash of the Titans? Conan. Okay. I like again, I like all of these, so no, no right in, wrong answers here. All right, what about you, Nick? You have not weighed in on either of these yet. So if you're good answers. What do you want me to weigh in on? I mean they are, but <laughs> so know. Conan, Lady Hawk, or uh Clash of the Titans. Oh, I'm a Lady Hawk guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Conan. Uh, there was something about my dad took movies. I remember it was rainy. Um, that was his thing, like because he was in construction. So on a rainy day, he was more than 
happy to pull me out of school early. He's like, hey, man, let's go catch a movie. So uh, and we saw Lady Hawk. And uh, I remember Rutger Hauer's helmet. I'd never seen like a knight's helmet like that before. And he, I was like, man, he doesn't have a whole lot of armor. Nothing's going on here. He's just a badass. And then the Claymore came out. And I was like, this dude's a shit. And then I fell in love with Michelle Pfeiffer. And she became like the... Uh, the archetype of women that I'm attracted to for like the rest of my life. So as yeah, one does. Uh, as one does, there's Michelle Pfeiffer. And then she became Catwoman and that just sealed the deal. I mean, come on. I don't know. So. I, for that one, I'm, I'm going to have to go to class of Titans cause I love the classics, but I loved all three of them. So it's kind of like a, my, my most favorite out of my most favorites. I don't know. It's like, they're all vying for for you know top tier first place because it's like first place and then really first place and then really really first place kind of shows. Well, you know, Clash of the Titans got a lot of replay on you know syndicated TV. It did. So uh, you know, it could be like overexposure to it, and just like you just remember Clash of the Titans. Well, all so I found Clash, I found Clash of the Titans because boobs. So I started with. Uh, Xena Warrior Princess and Hello, uh, which led me to Hercules, which led me to the classic shows like Clash of the Titans. Um, and so for me, you know, it started with boobs and it ended with Clash of the Titans. But that's the journey every man goes through. I, I mean, imagine. yeah, Xena was uh, was very uh, instrumental into ushering in uh, enjoyment of the Saturday afternoon syndicated shows. Saw so Xena and Hercules. And Hercules was the the equivalent for the girls because you got to see his pecs. Yeah. I just really enjoyed like the whole mythology of that whole everything coming out of Australia and New Zealand at the time was great, yeah. and whatever Bruce Campbell had uh, a hand in uh, was awesome. So the the cool thing about or uh, not the cool thing, one of the things you find out after the fact is apparently the actor that was playing Hercules was like having many heart attacks the entire time he was filming because he was pushing his body so hard to to get that shape without steroids. So. That was a that was an interesting little tidbit he talked about later because they they tried to mock him years ago for you know having a little bit of a gut and like they were trying to body shame him because you know body positivity doesn't apply to boys uh, and he was like did and he basically told him off but he right. did it with a smile and I I'm too petty for that I'd be using words the four letters well uh, Nick would have to pull me off it'd, it'd be ugly but he was a gentleman you were drooling too man that was weird look, look all right we don't judge it doesn't count when you're no under but. Have some dignity, man. Quit drooling. Bring her I mean, back next time, please. Okay. I met Kevin Sorbo at a con a couple of years ago. He was he was the epitome of a gentleman. Very well spoken, well uh, well thought out arguments, and well uh, good conversation. You get I also that- enjoyed him on Andromeda when they got rid of Hercules and moved him to Sci-Fi. That was a fun show. Oh too. yeah, I loved the Andromeda. I wanted that more was of that a good series. show. Gone way uh, too. That's soon. that's one of the ones that's on our list that fans sent in to do uh, some Sci-Fi reviews of. Oh, uh, it's been years since I've seen that show. It has been, uh, we have been instructed by our 12 listeners. Okay, we've got more than 12, but 12 different people wrote in and like, hey, you should do some fantasy retro reviews before you do more sci-fi. So that's on the list too. I think I think Clash of the Titans should go on there. What do you think, Nick? I like Clash of Titans, uh, both, both versions. Conan definitely gets a spot of honor because, you know, Conan. And Arnold. Arnold and Conan. James Earl Jones. And yeah. just, you know. James Earl Jones was a beast in his youth. Oh, yeah. He was a mountain, dude. Uh-huh. I would not want to make that guy mad at me. I'm just saying. that The body was as strong as his voice. <laughs> yes. 
sometimes you see the voice and it just it's like either so outsizes the body or it's undersized to the body but his was like a perfect simpatico match like you know the little tiny dog with the giant bark or the the, the huge dog with the tiny bark this was neat this is the big dog and a big bark yeah um yeah. i don't think the dude can whisper yeah, it's like he, yeah, but even his whisper commands like obedience. You know, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, that that sounds cool to me. I mean, I don't want to punch myself in the face, but since you said so nicely, I'll do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll definitely, Nick. I'll I'll go to the top of the pyramid here and throw myself into a pit of pit of snakes or something. So, uh, so uh, the the one you didn't answer either: Stargate, Babylon Five, or Terra Nova. Uh. I've seen probably more Stargate than I've seen the other two, and I liked it. I, I liked the movie. I was a big fan oh, of yeah, the movie when that came out. The and when the show came out, um, I was super stoked. Um, and you had MacGyver leading it, so that was awesome. Yeah. You know, uh, but then it started branching off, and once it hit syndication, I just lost it. I didn't know where to find it anymore. I mean, I could spend a three-hour block between 12 and 4 p.m. on three channels on a Saturday, and it was going to show up. Yeah. But I, I by that time, I'd already been lost to the storyline, plot arcs, things like that. So, But I do enjoy the show. So I own if the it's box streaming set. anywhere, send us a message. So I own the box sets. It There's is a uh, Pluto channel. Oh, it's on Pluto? Yeah. Pluto I never turn failed, it on, bro. and I turn it on just let it run like while I'm doing chores or whatever I need you know, his background noise on for, I'll like put Stargate yeah. on and I'll catch old favorites. And uh, I saw a couple of movies I never got to see as well. So that yeah. was a nice discovery. Um, the only thing I haven't finished uh, the Stargate SG one is that when they got to the Orion plot arc, it was kind of felt cheesy when some of the old characters stepped off, but I do need to complete it just to say I did. You know, I did um, the same thing, but the movie was actually really, really damn good and spot on it. It, okay. it was like a return to form. Okay. It's a great conclusion to it. So Stargate, the original movie that launched it all. I remember watching that in a theater with my dad. It's one of the few movies I've seen in a theater. I think maybe five, less than 10 movies I've ever seen in a theater. I'd rather watch it at home where I can pause it and drink beverages that the movie theater doesn't sell. Um, you know, yeah, a lot actually sell those now. Wait, what? Yeah. You can get booze at a movie theater? Yep. Yeah. Why has nobody told me this? Dude, this has been a thing for like a decade. Yeah, totally. Well, if you told that. me that a decade ago, I started going to movies. You can get beer and wine. I don't know about hard liquor. And there's a couple My of things I've seen. Alcohol. It's got a full bar. Oh, nice. The they do movie drinks, too. Yeah. I got a in London, I saw that, but I hadn't is seen it, it over here. Is it like the second chance movie theaters where it's like after they've been out for a while, like the Cinema Cafe where they'll feed you GC or uh, yep. greasy stuff? Brand new blockbusters. You've just yeah, but, yeah. When the Batman came out, they had the bat and the cat drinks, and yeah. they were they were amazing. That's awesome. They were they were amazing. I feel like I've been betrayed because you you knew this all along and you didn't tell me, Nick. I, you know, there's things that, you know, sometimes you call me out on spoilers when the show's been on for thirty years, and then I get mad. It's kind of <laughs> like that. It's like this shit's been around for a decade, dude. Like you're telling me you didn't wander your ass into a. A little movie theater, catch a little uh, silver screen action. I mean, he'd already written off the cinema by then. Yeah, I'd already written it off. It's like, you know, you know, movie buff I am too. You should have been like, hey, I'm thinking about going to the movies. What's new in the theater? 
And it didn't. It doesn't need to mean movies. I'll tell you what's in the movies. Go check the times on like uh, the movie sites. But I'll you still got a clue. I'll tell you what's new in the cinema. <laughs> you got to call the one eight hundred number, and they'll tell you what airtime is, and hope you don't miss it because you got to listen to it again. Am I aging myself? Yeah. You're just trying to get. Uh, you're just trying to get on on with Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so I I like Stargate. It's it's one of my favorites. I like Babylon Five, but I mean dinosaurs like were my first love. Uh, when I was five, I used to want to be a dinosaur. Um, Luckily, my mom didn't throw me out in the woods and say, you know, go hunt a pterodactyl. You said pull your T-shirt over your head so it makes your arms go like that. Yeah, yeah. Like a little dangle. Yeah. Oh. You Brandon have a shirt with the shirt that has the grippers. It's like, I'm invincible. Yes. Yeah. I'm unstoppable. <laughs> but I was I was of an age where, you know, I got to watch the, the grandeur of Jurassic Park in a movie theater. When yep. it launched. You know, I got to rewatch that when uh, everything shut down and movie theaters were trying to stay afloat. So they were re showing old classics to like six people in the theater. Nice. Jurassic Park was one of them at one of the boozy theaters with super plush reclining uh, chairs. Like I'm talking leather recliners. It's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Jurassic Park. It was like all a bunch of screaming 12 year old boys when I was there watching it because hello dinosaurs. So, and then I read the books even better. They they missed so many opportunities to to stay true to form with that one. What a shame. Yeah, but I mean, it's nineties blockbuster. You're doing great yeah. to get a giant dinosaur on screen. Surprisingly, you know, you watch it now because I introduced it to the kiddos, and the like the special effects and stuff hold up because it's practical. They built the actual turret, the T Rex head. And they actually built the Triceratops body that, you know, Sam Neill's leaning on. And they're actually interacting with these giant props in real time on film. It's going to last because they did a great job making the models and the props. Okay. Jurassic prop. Jurassic prop. Damn it, my brain. Jurassic, Jurassic prop. Park. Jurassic props. Well, the props, too. That whole movie still holds up, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Like even on the big screen, because they did some of that shit here too during the, yep. during the pandemic. Um, it was like two dollar Tuesdays, and yep. it was stuff that I saw in the '90s that I loved. It was like Jurassic Park, The Crow. Crow still holds up mm-hmm. mostly. There was some even in the '90s when I watched it, I was like, "That CGI is garbage." They could have they should have just practical affected that. Um, what else was there? Oh, and then you I got Indiana Jones. Few times. Yeah, they did a lot of the like classic size sci- Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Yeah, all those classic movies from you know like eighties and nineties. Yeah, which was awesome. I'm I'm just going to call that the time the the age where time stood still, movie wise. Because I these I just in, had a great just freeze yeah. these in time. Yeah, it's like they're like, hey, the top twenty five blockbusters of all time and fan favorites. Let's just play those because it's only two weeks to flatten the curve. <laughs> <laughs> two uh, years later do, 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 do. so we are uh civilized now that we've left the infantry uh we are no longer knuckle dragging troglodytes so sir how we you've answered the coffee or tea question but what do you pair with it your coffee or your tea this is drink coffee or tea he mm. can pretend that he pairs something sophisticated with his cokes yeah booze <laughs> You're not wrong there, but I've been munching this evening on uh, some, let's see, what are these called? 
the Tate's crispy. Uh, I got a cinnamon brown sugar and some ginger snaps. They actually pair well with booze because they got that bready taste to them and a little bit of spice. Do you like dip them in your booze like a civilized individual? Uh, the ginger snaps because they're so rock hard and crispy. I need to soften them just a little bit. Just a little. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, you know, you could just let them get soak up a little bit of the wafer, and then you know, as the booze infuses the ginger, oh, yeah. then when you bite into it, it's like a gushers as a kid, but better. An adult gusher. Ooh, yeah. that's something different. Sorry, we got to come up with a new word. That's not it either. Not, no. not. Adult. <laughs> Oh, fuck adult adult wafer with f- flavor enhancer. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that, and we'll totally edit that out to make it sound better. Ish, I don't know. All right, sir. So everything sounds dirty nowadays. I can't even come up with a clean joke. <laughs> I was trying too. And I was like, adult squirt. Nope, that. Nope. nope, we're not going there. That's that's worse than gusher. All right. So we brought you. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to save us from ourselves by talking about his books. So we brought you on to talk about the Felix Chance because you've hinted at it on your other episodes where you came on and got nerdy with us about all things monsters and paranormal and horror. So what is the origin story of the Felix Chance books? Well, so the origin story of Felix is I was sitting in an art market that no one was coming to, and I saw this empty-ass restaurant that it looked like could be open at any second it still had like the plants in the window and it could like the kitchen could be fully prepped or whatever so i was like let me write a story about that where this guy just stumbles into a ghost kitchen and you know starts running a con uh then i decided i needed to connect this to a different story i had about stumbling onto this hotel where everybody disappeared as the night went on i'm like well that's obviously a fey trap so we're going to get him out of that and move him on to the next encounter with some kind of weird crazy thing you know i really wanted to do a series about the everyday unordinary kind of like the strange thing you just like huh what's that and or yeah that was odd well the reason it was odd is because something on the spooky side of the street was involved. Whether it was a bumper in the night or one of the Fae or, you know, it's Halloween and you're sitting next to this really giant hairy ape that uh, is downing barrels of beer. Well, oh you know, he's wearing a tie. He's got a Donkey Kong costume on, but uh, it's actually sassy. So you're going on a Bigfoot bar crawl with Sasquatch himself. You've been reading my thoughts. That's literally a dream I had about a month ago. (laughs) And I had the most amazing time. What a gentleman. I mean, Sassy's awesome. He even spots you. Whenever you're down in whiskey, uh, he does rocks glasses for him versus shots glasses for you. Very few people can keep up with Sasquatch. He goes and steals beer from college kids all the time. I passed out. He was a gentleman. He he put me in an Uber. He even paid. He is a gentleman like that. Very, very like concerned and doting. He, he takes care of people. Yeah, but you stole so, his wife, so that could get ugly. I'm just warning you. To watch I stole that. his wife? No, no. Uh, like, you know, at the conclave, uh, James stole the wife. 
He's well, yeah. dirty with him, so I'm just saying it could get ugly. He might hunt you down. Uh, Sassy and I are on good terms. Are you made up? Okay, that's good. That's, oh, yeah. That's smart. You really, buy him enough really booze, good. he's going to forgive anything. That's true. Or you, you go hijack it in the second book with him. So, have you always been interest, interested in like the paranormal and the fae and all that kind of stuff? Because you your mind, when you saw that closed restaurant, instantly goes you know, to spooky the weird. To the weird. Yes. Of course. So I've been a fantasy fan forever since I discovered it existed um, with Dresden Files. And even before that, I really enjoyed... Um, you know, folklore and urban legends and just any kind of attribution of inexplicable things to something other and imaginative. I always just kind of ran off in that direction. Okay. So when did you decide to take those, you know, crazy fever dreams and decide to start writing them down? Uh... With Felix, I started writing it not this past summer, but summer before and summer 22. Uh, but I've been writing since I was like 10 years old. I can attribute that to Mr. LeVar Burton and Reading Rainbow. Oh, take a look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. They did uh, an episode on like the Library of Congress. Oh, okay. And I they're like, there. that's awesome. So, you know, I was like, yeah, if you just do this and you send your book into the Library of Congress, they put it on the shelf and it's available and you get a copyright and everything. So I think I was like third grade. I wrote a book, did really, really shitty illustrations and, you know, begged my mom for a check for $20 made out to the Library of Congress and marched down to the post office. I, I found the address in a book at the library. Go to the library, people. And sent it off to the Library of Congress, and it is registered. So third grade, I got my first copyright. And That's a writing. good feeling, isn't it? Right? When you get, when you get it from the, uh, the Library of Congress, and I'm like, ooh, am I in trouble? <laughs> Did you ever hear The back? library has no law enforcement stuff. But when I open it up, they're like, hey, you have a copyright. Here's the number. That character is yours for 75 years before uh, it goes into the public. I'm right. Like, well, I'll be dead. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I uh, actually went up. I was in D.C. for a school trip or something. I went to the Library of Congress and looked up my record. It's like, oh, uh, there's your name. Instant cool points amongst the class. Do you get extra credit for that? Uh, I mean, it was the Tech Student Association, so I got lots of nerd points. Nice. Yeah. yeah, you got you went critical mass on nerd points, bro. <clears throat> How do you top that at third grade, man? Did you just have to write a, a second book in the fourth grade? Uh, I've probably written any number of unpublished books that will never see the light of day. Can they well, start actually- publishing in 2019? <laughs> they need to be in the light of day, at least a desk lamp. Yeah. So uh, if someone goes to the Library of Congress, can they actually see your see your book? Uh no, probably not. I think they threw that, you know, homebrew crap away. But my name was on the list. I don't know if it's still there or not. I haven't checked lately to see if that one's on there. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things that it just kind of, you know, I started young. I I loved reading. 
And so I wanted to start telling stories. I, I remember uh, had a little yellow legal pad and I was sitting on the top of my slide with a pencil and writing Sherlock Holmes stories because I couldn't spell Holmes. And I was like, oh no, it's Sherlock Holmes, like the house. <laughs> I was writing little mysteries and I was like third, that was probably my fourth grade bit. Uh, and then I would write these superhero stories, you know, self-insert with me and my friends and, you know, whatever. They just uh, kept growing as I grew. So, so fun fact, I worked at the um, National Park Service as an intern for grad school. They're not actually allowed to, to get rid of stuff. They actually keep it in archives. I mean, it might not be, you, you might not be able to go check it out, but it's somewhere in an archive somewhere. Because we would have to go to, um, like, if, if people left stuff at the um, the uh, Vietnam Veterans Memorial, they collect that every day and it gets cataloged and stored. Huh. Um, yeah, this is probably sitting in some vault with the the Lost Ark somewhere. These yeah. 10 sheets That's of paper. <laughs> sub-level A, sub-level B, where my, it's probably right next to my comp, but they're probably out having beers right now. Probably. It's, warehouse. it's warehouse 13. But, but yeah, they're supposed to keep it in an archive on the on the premises for up to 75 years uh, before it goes into public domain. Um, that's for fictional stuff. But I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably I know the only thing they don't keep are the, the biological. So if you leave like, I don't know, food or flowers or something, that's going to get thrown away. I almost and said something that we got us not safe for work. Damn it. Yeah, we, we won't go there. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of cool that you that you did that. So yeah, I got the bug early. What yeah. made you decide to take the writing that you clearly, I mean, you've been writing for a while, but what made you decide to go professional with it? Uh, I wrote something that people actually seemed to want to read. So and uh, what was that? It was my very first book, which is called 98 Rabbits, a, an assemblage of words. Okay. It's a nonsensical farce about the writer's journey. I like it. It is the strangest book you will ever see. My English lit friend uh, compared it to Ulysses because it's stream of consciousness and it's just kind of batshit. Um, it starts off the guy doesn't want to be there. So he's like, eh, make it up. Just pretend. Just keep flipping the pages. And by the end, he's like, oh, cool. I'm enjoying this. I'm going to tell you a real cool story. And I ended with a little short about a uh, comet diver in some new solar system and like an old Tommy diving bell going down on this comet and finding some ancient ruins. Oh, man, that's pretty neat. Yeah, it's a fun little thing. I, I'm very happy I did get it published. Um, I went, you know, just the Amazon route. I designed the cover, self-published, got it edited. Uh and my mom got to read it before, right before she passed away. So she That's got awesome. to see me in print. That's a cool film. I'm, I'm glad she got a chance to see that. Was that something that was planned out, that how the, how the story was going to work out? Or were you like free-flowing like jazz? Free-flowing. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, totally That's hard to do. I literally, I thought of the last line of the book. Uh, title included 100 pages, 98 one for each rabbit and one for the gnome. And so I made it exactly a hundred pages. Nice. Was that oh, that's pretty cool? Was it difficult to get the page count just at exactly 100? 
Yeah, I actually had to pull editing shenanigans because it has a three-page prologue. Okay. So I was like, okay, we're going to move that up. And then it's going to have a little prologue of me kind of explaining what the heck was going on in the book for three pages. So it ends on page 100. And my editor had fun uh, formatting and fixing that for me. Did a little... uh backwards planning on it yeah that's kind of that's, so, that's cool to do so now you're on felix chance you've got two books out so what can you give us well you know what actually let us do the commercial for this and then we're going to dive in and you could tell us about felix chance more directly the series that it became all right roll that sizzle reel bro sizzle reel they came in peace or so the aliens said here are 18 examples of their lies venture into the unknown with us who is out there what will they want from us? Join us in the adventure of First Contact. Each story explores a different facet of aliens meeting humanity. Buy Contact This, a First Contact anthology, and read some of the industry's best storytellers today. I mean, I don't know if we're the industry's best, but I'm calling it for myself, so why the heck not? So, work for you, Nick? Yeah, I like that book. I like the cover. I like that alien. Do you have a name for that alien? Because he's cool. We call him Felix. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, that's an interesting segue. To what we're about to talk about Felix Chance, Volume 1 and 2. You'd almost think we were professionals in playing that, but no, that was just off the cuff. We don't play nothing no more. Well, as luck would have it, Felix is a great name for you know whatever he is and aliens or whatever. Or your favorite cat with a carpet bag. Yeah. 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 Huge fan. So it's a good name. How did you stumble upon the worlds of Felix? Well, first off, the world of Felix Chance. Does it have a name? This world that you you built. I mean, it's it's basically the real world, just with a twist. And the the weird stuff does take place in the twist. So that's kind of what I've been calling it. It's one basically one molecule different than what everybody else can perceive. That's kind of the parallel reality. Now you go through the regular world, but people don't notice you. So how do you get like, to the point where Felix can notice things? So Felix, he's kind of special. Uh, one, he's an unreliable narrator. So he's lying his ass off the entire time. He says he doesn't remember a lot of stuff. He says he doesn't know what's going on, but you eventually figure out, nah, he's... He's a little familiar. He, he's denying it. Uh, but he, he knows the score a whole lot more than he's ever going to actually let on. Okay. So how did you come up with his name? Did you roll dice? Uh, name it after your best friend? So uh, my best friend does make a cameo later in the book. But uh, no, the name actually is I decided I want him to be the luckiest guy around falling into the most unlucky situations, because that's just what the everyday or ordinary is. It's like who comes across a, an empty kitchen that, you know, you set up shop in and just start slinging soup and making money. Um, but his name, Felix is Latin for lucky and chance came from bon chance, which is the French for good luck. So his name is lucky. Good luck. Okay. 
everything in the first arc of the the series, the first 10 chapters, uh, is named after unlucky things. So Mal Lares is the first chapter. Mal, Latin for bad. Um, the Huxley, the Doyle. I just literally looked up a, a list of unlucky names and just started like putting them out for chapters. Okay. I, I didn't That's an interesting way to do it. Well, luck is his greatest skill. Yeah. So why not? Why not have chapters mm -hmm. named after unlucky stuff? And then he goes to Vegas in the second arc for Game of Chance. How'd he do? Was that a spoiler? Uh, broke even. Yeah, that tracks. Just enough to get by. Or just enough to pay his bail. Okay. Oh, Lord. I like how you position the image on the screen where the two cover of book one and two and the, the guy on the cover of book two looks like he's grabbing the jacket and looking up at the guy on book one. Like his little brother or something, the way you staged it looks kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I, of, it gives a. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say it's kind of thematic between um, what happens in the first and second book. Because the sec I described the first book, I described Felix as a walking Twilight Zone with a dash of Doctor Who. The strange, weird things happening wherever he goes. Um, second chance, I, I like to say, as a Susan of Quantum Leap, as he relives his past lives to try and help a friend. You had me at Quantum Leap. Go on. Yes. Well, Iggy, I mean, Iggy, Iggy 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 Iggy. Felix was born on the last day to exist, which was October 4th. Uh, I can always, I can never remember. It's 1582 or 1584. One of those, uh, whenever they switch from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar, you know, to remove those 10 days to put it on sync with the actual, you know, solar and lunar years. Well, in my world, those days were stolen, and the Pope just made the new calendar to cover it up. Damn. I believe it. They weren't at the conclave because they weren't invited. <laughs> so do you come back to that? What happened to those 10 days, where they were stolen? Is it like a whodunit later on? Uh, yes. The second one, he has one of the days in his possession again. And he is using it to uh, relive his past. He's actually kind of trapped, as uh, I say on the back cover. Um, spoilers. So he uses the power of the stolen days to relive his past lives. And we get a glimpse into who he used to be a few lives ago, because he's had many different faces over the centuries. So when you say faces over the centuries, is it the same body and he just, you know, immortal he just changes his name moves around kind of thing or is he dying and being reborn uh dying and remanifesting also it's very not, similar to doctor who it's not quite a regeneration but not an actual birth like you know mom dad whatever right okay he just so, like out. does he, he just kind of steps out of reality does his appearance change does his appearance change like doctor who or yeah okay and eventually gets to the point where he can change it at will Tell me you put him as a ginger at least once as a nod to Doctor Who. I mean, we haven't seen all of his faces yet, but yeah. Don't In my head, down, James. definitely some gingers. That, okay, good. 
Def- I was going to say, don't let me down, James. I'm counting on you, man. You're going to give me something Doctor Who can't. But Ginger. What what are the what are the big bads in this universe? Uh, well, you know, everybody's the villain in somebody's story. I choose so, to be the villain in most people's stories. So in the first one, there's not really a big bad. It's just kind of him against the universe and him and his uh, cohort Molly, who has become a fan favorite. Uh, there is, he goes up against the devil in the third arc. Uh, and well, are you familiar with the, uh, the blood caps, red caps? Oh yeah. Uh, Irish version. Yeah. There's a version of that. I call it the bloody bell. Uh, it's based off of, I think it's, it's one of the English folklores, but he's basically a murder hobo and kind of, Kind of like a it's goblin, simple. really? Yeah. Goblin murder hobo? Kind of a goblin that, that murder hobo satyr. He's got goat horns and legs and a red cape. Yeah. They're fun. Yeah. I mean, that that's that was super fun to have Felix uh, go against when he didn't know a damn thing. So he said. He's just so off in a porn maze, and all of a sudden this thing attacks him. Goddamn red caps, mother! Right, sons of guns. So, so in the second, when you I'm just out trying to why, get the paper, man. Come on. <laughs> in the second, when you figure out why they're so interested in him, mm. he stole the day from them. He stole something from them. I figured some, some got took. So, yeah. what kind of research do you have to do into the paranormal to get you know the inspiration for these stories? Uh, well, YouTube is very helpful in suggesting everything I need to see. No <laughs> you watch one video and then it just opens a rabbit hole for you. Oh yeah, the the good old YouTube rabbit hole. Yeah, you know, four he's hours doing, later, four hours later, he's, he's radicalized profe abolitionist, and he's like, the humans must die. Who radicalized you? YouTube, you man. Did. I mean, that's what radicalizes everybody on the fay. <laughs> so yeah, so, it took a lot of. A lot of old folklore I knew already and just, you know, just kept researching it and coming across new things. Do you, um, when you go to your library, do you get odd looks now from the librarian? It's like, I need to know how things work down there for a satyr. Satyr? I don't know. You're writing weird shits. So I just imagine you're getting looks from your librarian. No, they aren't. They're very interested in what I write. I, I go there and pick out the weirdest books that seem completely unrelated. And it's like, they look at it like, all right, what are you going to do with this one? It, it reminded, it reminds me a lot of one of my favorite Jim Butcher stories. Do you know how Codex Alera came about? No, I do not. It was a bet. Somebody said you can't combine a Pokemon and lost Roman Legion. Okay. I've heard that. Okay. So I, mean, I was like, okay, so I'm going to, combine you know world war ii princess spies and some other thing and that's something i'm working on or you know the golem the golem of prague and the count of saint germain who is a character in the book that would be the uh, excessively verbose immortal you see on your screen uh 
fun character, that guy. He's he's an alchemist, he's immortal, and he uh he likes to gamble. Okay. He's got the gold and diamonds to back it up. He just makes new ones. That would be convenient. I mean, Nick and I would not <laughs> say no to that. Yeah. Alchemy, my friend. Can he make straw into gold? We haven't brought Rumple in yet. I'm sure he will be there down the line. Guys, Can he make I have... straw into whiskey? That would be great. That's what Robbie the Robot's for. He'll make your bourbon for you. 40, what, 60 gallons? Yeah. <laughs> 60 gallons. Uh, so I'm just as a weird, fun. you know, we, we ditched the format and we go more open-ended with these conversations, but has anybody made, cause this just sounds like with all the Faye, you could claim a lot of paranormal type costuming. He's like, Oh yeah, it's totally from my book. But has anyone actually gone out and dedicated, like this is definitely character, whatever from Felix chance and done cosplay for you. Have you had cosplayers no, not or yet. Not, uh, not in the wild as such. Uh, I do have a wonderful assistant who does cosplay some of the character concepts at conventions and she goes around and this most recent one, uh, she was stealing people's names as, you know, spiteful Faye do. Um, But, you know, it's just, just a matter of time. I'm sure I have some hardcore fans who will at some point. Okay. All right. Anybody ever ask for your autograph out in the wild? Since we're bringing up old questions. So, out in the wild, no, not quite. I don't count conventions because I'm literally there to sign books. Uh, But I have had one person who I met at, uh, I was doing a little pop-up event at a brewery. And I I sold a book. She was very intrigued by it. Uh, when I released the second one, I just put a little thing up on my Facebook. I was like, all right, if anybody wants the second one, shoot me a DM. I will, you know, send you a copy because, you know, I get more money selling mine straight than yeah, I right. do through the others. And within five minutes, this person was like, ding, mine, please. <laughs> mine. And then she sent me a, a message later. Said she was glad she read the second one in her car because there was one particular scene I'm not going to spoil that had her laughing for five minutes. That was a very good feeling. Is this out in audiobook as well? Not yet. I'm working on that. Because that could be dangerous if you're laughing for five minutes and trying to drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this could be a road hazard. Should come with I a can just, I Unless can you have one of those crazy Teslas that drive themselves. Could you imagine people like the cop pulls them over, like, I couldn't help it. I'm not drunk. I'm just laughing. And then they like replay the scene and you get the cop laughing. It could be like rom-com sitcom shit right there. Oh, I want to write a book where James Pittman is the main character akin to Wes Craven's new nightmare. (laughs) He's going in there and he's like, I need that book. It'll save lives, you know, because he's opened a portal to his own universe and they're coming out and he's like i need it out i don't find you interesting anymore why are you yelling at me because i need the info you know so just watch the downward spiral of james Pittman's, you know into madness hey if this goes up into something like being john malkovich i'm down for it oh yeah Mm -hmm. you'd write the hell out of that (laughs) 
what is the uh, most obscure fae or creature that you've used or want to use? Uh, probably that furry garbage disposal you see on your screen. It is based off of a pipe fox, a Furby long boy machination. You've seen those custom creations and uh, the Japanese Rokuichi. So I kind of spun that into a little pet for my secondary main character. Very cute little furry garbage disposal. He, uh, the Rokuichi are like subway cleaners. They go through and eat all the garbage in subway tunnels or mine shafts or whatever. They're like giant underground dragons. Um, and the little baby Rokuichi, his name is Tony, uh, goes around eating coolers and toilets and various little things. And my secondary main character, Molly, who can talk to animals, she's like, oh, who's a pretty little baby? And people laugh their ass off at it. And I'm like, cool. We're going to run with that. Oh, that's a plush toy. That's We're coming up on Christmas, James. Yes. Plush toy. Get, that, get that going. Here, honey, who's eight years you. old, I got you a uh, character we'll that I can't pronounce. Who did this awesome... Hold on, hold on. We can solo screen. screen. Yeah, put me solo. Yeah. Main screen, buddy. All right. Got this that's the... 3D printed dragon. That, that the Rokuichi is white. Rokuichi. So, yeah, it's uh, Japanese for 61. Uh, it's like one of the mythical trains. And I'm like, all right, we need to talk about doing merchandise with the uh, little fuzzy 3D printed. Oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm, cons- I'm a seller's dream. I am an ultra consumer. It fits cute and cuddly, and it'll look cool somewhere amongst all these great things that I have in my office. I'm like, yeah, I'm this working guy on that t-shirt you're wanting. Huh? I'm working on that t-shirt you were wanting. Thank you. The I'm the outline a, from Felix a distributor. Chance? I mean, my thing is I can know I can go to like the Redbubble or Society Six or whatever, but you know, T-spring. I only got like a buck for every one of those. Yeah. So if I can like I did the I did these really awesome canvas bags with the cover of that. Yeah. People love them. I get them for like nine bucks by buying. 20 at a time. I sell them for 20. And, T-shirts, you know. baby. Wait till you get the T-shirt money. I, I'm when I find the s- distributors. Yeah. I'm also building the hardcore fan base up enough where they're like, yes, I want all the Felix apparel. I got tumblers on the way. I've got the bags. I've got awesome pens. So, I'm holding that on that. I'll probably get a tumbler. I'm a big fan of tumblers. So is Dabby. Uh, I think half our budget goes to tumblers. Hey, JR, you got the, uh, the contents? picture uh, which one is that the white one with that has the content and a little scale on the side yeah this one yeah go for it oh hold on i said this one like i was looking at it and assuming you guys were too no you gotta put it on the screen bro <laughs> so that's all that's what's on the tumbler so felix oh. is on the wraps around it has the little measuring with that's all awesome. the uh the tropey characters in it all right if i feel it all the way up to snarky tree folk with booze. I'm going to be gone for a while. Actually, I'm going to be in the Felix Chance universe, probably. Yes, you will. So I'm is okay the tumbler the portal to the other universe? Can be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and Sassy. 
I'm just saying the uh, tum tumblers have have brought me to a lot of new universes. <laughs> tumblers have drinking? got me through some hard times. Yeah, are you drinking when you're writing? Sometimes, like you know, pour the booze down the gullet, open your veins, and bleed onto the page. Liquid inspiration, my friend. I call it the Hemingway approach because that's how so, he did it. Have you ever, in your research of the paranormal, have you ever found a creature and be like, "No, nah, this one's a bridge too far. I can't, I can't put this in there." Not yet. It may not be right for Felix, but I'll use it in something. Um. You probably already mentioned this, and since I have the memory of a like eight megabyte hard drive, um, it has a lot of noir feel to it. Yes. Okay. It definitely does. Like detect detective story things going on like that. So I, I should be reading it, this. I call it a darkly cozy urban fantasy. So there's not necessarily a cozy mystery murder thing going on, but uh, like Doctor Who. There's dark undercurrents and things just kind of look bleak at times, but you know that lady's wearing a fedora and a half trench coat. That is noir if I've ever seen it. Oh, I yeah. refuse to hear any argument different. And the, the bridge stuff. What's what's with that? The what? Okay, so if you notice in these two covers, there's broken brick, like a broken yeah. brick wall. Um that ties into the story, I'm assuming. And in not so many words, yes. That is okay. basically kind of how he re it's symbolic of him remanifesting into reality. Okay, so it's like a gateway kind of. Or, okay. Yeah. No, that's that's really cool and it's subtle because it took I've never noticed that before, and I've seen this image a dozen times over the panels that we've done together. And this is the first time I've noticed I'm like, wait, there I might there's some brick in there. What's going on? Yeah. He's breaking through the wall. Let me ask James about this. Oh, that's great. That's kind of also why, like, you see how he's, uh, like, ripping his chest open. Yeah. Like, uh, almost like pulling like a jacket away. A covering. Yeah. yeah, like a Superman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, like is the that him? Inside. Right. Man, that's really interesting stuff. And I, I like, was that your idea for the cover art? Yeah. I totally did all okay. the covers. You did the covers? Yeah. Oh, man. That's really good work. And uh, if you guys want, we can debut the third volume's cover. I just finished it. It's going to be brand new. Sure. No, I like it. There's foreshadowing in there. Oh, man. Oh, no way. Jay, I'm trying to get my money's worth here, man. I'm the art guy. <laughs> I'm just letting him see all the details. Man, this is glorious. Oh my god, that is a gorgeous cover. Thank you. Now, what made it kind of seems like a little change from what you had in the previous two covers? Um, was that intentional, or does yes. it just look better than the others? So, as the title kind of indicates, this one's called "Off Chance." Uh, everybody's out to get him. So. You know, things are changing, and we might have some interesting developments in this third book. That's all I'm going to kind of give away. Okay. Take from the image what y'all will. Okay. I'm not going to try and read into it. I want to get in on this. I want to read it, and then I'm going to try and guess the third, and I'll <laughs> probably lose. I probably won't get it right, but I'll try. The great thing with this series, it's going to last as long as I can think of uh, 
puns involving chance. How many did you come up with? I've got a dozen already that could support viable stories. Some are going to be short stories. Some are going to be novellas. Some are going to be full on novels. Okay. I like it. Now it's going good. And when does the first one come out? Or volume 22? Uh, the first one's been out. It came out New, oh. Year's last year, or New Year's this year. Okay, so we're waiting on volume two? Volume three will start serialization, hopefully by the time this airs. Oh, shit. I'm finishing up the first three chapters because I I released these on Kindle Vela. At, oh, okay. When it first comes out. So when the season when the season is airing, I try to release an episode a week for however many you know weeks the series that that particular season runs. Because I write this like a TV show. Right. So I got like this. One is planned out to be 12, you know, full on story chapters, full on episodes. So, you know, I, I got plans for the madness. I don't plot per se. I, I write it as I go, but I do have a general direction of where I'm going. I couldn't imagine something like this to be able to do it on the fly. Maybe it's the TBI talking, but I I would lose myself in the in the details. Oh, I write best off the cuff. No, no, I mean just keeping track of it. Do you ever go back after you write a book and outline it after the fact so you have references? I do have series Bibles, and I do literally keep copies of each one next to wherever I write. So I can just flip through and be like, what did I say? What made it in the official version? Okay. How did I describe this person? Yeah. I have, I have to do that, in that chapter. I, I'm drawing a comic book right now, a character I haven't drawn in five years. I had to bring up. I'm like, what the hell does this cat look like? Right. You know? like, uh, well, that's the great thing. Fun. I never describe what Felix looks like because he has so many different faces. So you never know yeah. which one's actually going to be there. And I also love that he's an unreliable narrator for uh, all of the uh, the continuity hawks who are like, well, you described it this way and this one and this way and this one. And I'm like, well, he was lying. He's telling you the story and he was lying to you. That's a reliable narrator. I dig yep. that. And you never know which parts he's lying about. Is that clear to the readers when they start? It's like one truth and three lies or whatever that game is. Two uh, not as much. I kind of make it apparent by like the last chapter of the first arc. And then I very explicitly go into it uh, in the next couple. And the start of the second book he has this great moment with uh, Molly. He says, yeah, I've lied to you lots of times, but I've never deceived you. So he plays <laughs> with that. that Damn, gaslighting motherfucker. <laughs> okay. I like it. So yeah, I've told lots of lies, but I, you always know what's actually true. What kind of, like, you, you do the naming convention for the chapters and whatnot off the puns and 
whatnot. Do you do like the Jim Butcher ask since you're giving me those vibes? Like the Walmart burned down, but it wasn't my fault this time or something along those lines. This time. Uh, one of the most notable things I do in, in place of, I hate the word said, and I hate the river of saids. Um, so if I'm really going to be tongue in cheek about something, uh, Felix is written in first person. So I'll have him say a line and then say, I lied instead of, I said, and I said, Felix said, yeah, that I said thing. I, yeah, it gets, it gets annoying after a while. It's like, we know who's saying it. Just no, we've been talking but, about this guy for a paragraph. So like, the, the reason you do that is twofold. This isn't One. whiskey. I lied. The reason you do is twofold. One, when you're reading, it, it kind of blurs together and you, you go eye blind to it almost. Like you don't see it. Um, your mind just sort of subconsciously reads it. So there's that. The other part of that is not everyone can write where everyone is so vastly different sounding that it's entirely clear through context who's speaking, um, especially when you've got you know a host of secondary characters. So it is convenient. There are ways to get around that. You can break it up with action, all kinds of creative writing. Yeah, and that's kind of what I tend to do is I break it up with the actions. Like I'll have them say a line and then do something, you know, discrete sentences. Or, and my editor's been getting on to me for this, but I'm like, no, this is my style. I have defined guidelines. Um, I will, you know, if it's a colorful verb of something they're doing in place of said, I will use that. Like if it describes the motion of something as it's taking place, I economize on that because I'm the type of reader and I know I'm in the vast minority. I don't go blind to like the river of sets. I see every single instance of it and it pops in my narrative internal monologue. So when I'm writing, I write something that's, palatable to me and entertaining to me and the way I engage with the material. Okay. Yeah. Well, you found a creative way around it. And I've, I, that's really the most important thing. Like Jay was saying, there's like a creative way around it and a way to do it. I, I don't really write a whole lot of novels. I, I tip my toe in this large bond of y'all's and I leave it to the experts. I wouldn't, I do use a lot of, I said, they said, he said, she said, um, you know, but. I mean, you know, like, if you follow that old school, that's great. That, that is, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not my style. Right. Nothing wrong with that. And it seems to work. It does. I just have fun. My part of the joy for writing for me is my use and some would say abuse of language. I'm very, I'm very language oriented because uh, I don't know if y'all know what aphantasia is. Uh -uh. You know how people say they can see a movie playing out in their head. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I just see oh. the language. I see the words on the page. I hear the narrator track going on. So I write to that kind of. Um, you know, limitation almost, but it, to me, it creates something interesting. Okay. So you don't have an outline, you write, you know, you, you, you wing it as you go. Yep. Do you have like an end game in mind for Felix chance? Uh, I 
do have the last title and I'd have what is going to be revealed. And whenever I decide to end it, don't know when that's going to be. Uh, I literally just thought of a new uh, title the other day called fighting chance. I'm thinking that's going to be not this next book, but the book after that. (laughs) So, you know, Oh, that's a good, that's a good title. I'm over here like, no, that makes sense. (laughs) I named the, uh, I called the Christmas special, which I've, I've since removed the title because it rolled into Second Chance. But when I did the Christmas special, it's called Fat Chance. I, I dig it. Because I'm getting fat on Christmas, I'll tell you that. Actually, I started on Thanksgiving. Well, there was a mall Santa involved. so. Oh. Was it a Brilliant. friendly mall Santa or is like evil mall Santa? I hope it's evil. Uh, He got into a bar fight. With some, uh, that's not usually, I mean, that's me in a Santa costume, yeah. Most years, yeah, you're not far off. Um, you got into a fight with some Fjosnesser, which are basically Norwegian gnomes that go fight evil spirits in the night. Okay, yes, I pull random ass things from wherever I find them, memes included. If you see a random meme going into some kind of random folklore, I probably have saved it for future reference. Okay. I could just see you at the, um, like, do you ever browse old bookshops looking for like inspiration with some of the yeah. old grim noir type books that are out there? Oh yeah, totally. Uh, so I have this method. Uh, I have to kind of like, I think of it as seeding or priming the pump. So <laughs> I will go look at, like, when I started writing Felix, I was reading uh, Douglas Adams' Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul. Um, I will also read, I've also started writing after reading Neil Gaiman, Harlan Ellison, you know, just something to kind of get the right language flavors in my head before I put my own stuff on the page. Okay. So was there anything that we haven't talked about that, you know, because we could ramble all night about all the interesting Faye. In fact, we might have to use this episode for inspiration for more uh, panels on the topics because there's so much so much room to go. I mean, you could cover like each one of these breakouts in an episode by themselves because they they appear in so many things. Yeah. So was there anything we didn't ask that you want to tell us before we wrap this up? Uh. I don't know. I'm surprised you didn't talk about the drunken moose. Like, I don't judge. I'm in a recovery program. All right. It's just, it's one of those things. We can't go there. Like everybody's drinking or hanging out with mooses. I mean, elder's great. Elder, the forest spirit. You know, he's a moose. He can go toe to toe with sassy. It's fun. Look, I I didn't like it. We, We just don't talk about it anymore. Let me get the moose doll so I can. Ask you <laughs> <where> you <laughs> oh, there's so many. Oh, man, he told me about Sensi Sasquatch. That's all I can think about. Is like I want to, I want to hang out with that dude. Maybe. Oh, bookstore cat seems like he'd be a thrill too. In quotes. So what? Um, what age range is this for? Like, what would your target audience be? Is it too mature for kids? What kind of? Uh, I get this question a lot at conventions. 
and it depends on the kid. Um, I wrote it for 18 plus uh, only because of language. Uh, there is atmospheric cursing, essentially. So it's not like strong language, but it's kind of like him going, oh, shit. Or, you know, F-bombs here, F-bombs that. You know, y'all were in the military. You know how it goes. Yeah, uh, It's a second language to me. I mean, it, it's the atmospheric. Like, I did not realize how much I'd actually put in there until somebody asked. I was like, okay, control F, F this, F that, F the F, F, F. Uh, okay, uh, so 18 plus. Cool. But if language isn't an issue, uh, late teens would probably enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, I will just stand by 18 plus unless, you know, you know your kids. Okay. So language other than that though you would say it's probably what if you if you take the language out pg-13 yeah okay that's fair any any situations are uh innuendo and or closed door or fade to black so you know like i said nothing you haven't seen in a pg-13 movie these days fair. so um what are you writing right now off chance i'm writing that right now uh, I'm also working on a novel follow-up to a short story I, I have in Hidden Villains Arise. And I'm also working on finishing up Pandora Squad, which is my military action sci-fi. So I'm kind of juggling several things right now. All right. And where can listeners find you? And as usual, all of your links will be in the uh, show notes. Uh, the main source, just find me on halfacrepond.com. It links to everything. On Facebook, it's J.E. Pittman Writes. Instagram and everything else uh, is j.e.pittman. And yeah, those are the Facebook and Instagram are the two main ones. Uh, and my website. Go sign up. Let you get all the brand new stuff. So this is the part of the introduction or the introduction of the interview, dear listener, while I remind you to please be kind and speak your mind on the reviewing platforms. Your reviews help the right readers find the right books. So you do sell directly on your website. Do you have a place for testimonials there as well? Uh, I'm working on the shop on the website and uh, I put up selective quotes by people who have endorsed it, kind of like blurbs on the book covers. I'll, I just do it myself, make graphics and stuff like that. You can just send them to me or shoot me an email with them. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I had uh, one, uh, one super fan who just direct messaged me on Facebook said, I was reading this in the car at work and I was laughing for five minutes straight. And I immediately put that on a little testimonial quote I have up in my booth at conventions. I love it. All right. Well, that's uh, that's good to know. Where you write those reviews, dear listener, they do help out. So, you they know, do. you're part of the you're part of the process. So, do your part. Write the reviews. Tell a friend. You know, buy a book for a friend because Christmas is coming up. Um, it's never too late. Yep, this is coming. Can you buy signed copies from you? Because this will be airing on the sixth of December, so there is time to buy it and get it out in time. Yes, absolutely. If the shop isn't up and running on the website yet, just send me an email. We'll work it out. Outstanding. And uh, when is book three launching? Uh, in paperback, I don't know yet. Uh, 
on Vela, it should be already serializing. So go to Kindle Vela and check it out. You can see the latest uh, and greatest Felix stories. Outstanding. All right. You can find us, dear listener, on our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E, link tree slash Blasters and Blades podcast, where we link to all the things, the bits, shoot, the rumbles, the Twitter, the Facebook group, the Facebook page, our business email for serious inquiries only of anyone who might want to come on the show or has questions or suggestions for the show. We link to Madam Stabby Stab's Instagram, Twitter, and email address if you want to send hate mail or just follow the shenanigans. And she says shenanigan-y stuff that we probably chagrin stuff i don't know i don't know we've we've got to come up with a better description i'm doing this on the fly people uh and this is my third cup of coffee uh this hour no i i was um you know writing some words and i'm like you know it'd be really convenient if i didn't have to walk to the other end of the house to get my coffee i have a mini fridge for the whiskey and the coke to go with it i bet i could put the coffee creamer in it and then i could put a coffee pot on top of the on fridge. top of the fridge, yeah, right. And I'm oh, like, you're a genius. I felt like the real man of of genius, like that old Bud commercial. Real man of genius. Before they went weird, um, and, and they had your mini fridge with your coffee maker. Exactly, but now I'm like, holy shit, I'm drinking so much coffee, and you're just like shaking, and you're trying not to rock the desk. Neighbors probably wonder what the hell's going on because you know the whole house, the wall. It's just, it's a thing. But I'm, I'm getting really the word. You know, you can't you can't argue with success. Mm-mm. Speaking of coffee, uh, we'll link to the in the show notes. Coffee Baron Coffee, our exclusive link. Use the code Podcast Grunts, and you can get some of their delicious coffee at ten percent off. You're supporting American company. Still time to order for Christmas, and um, yeah, you, you're employing Americans with American made. This isn't drop shipping. They actually buy, roast, and make your coffee yourself. They even have that weird little machine that'll put it in K cups for you. They really should film that because it's kind of cool if you ever watch that process. That's the only commercial they don't have. They really should. I'll, I'll reach out to Jeremy and tell him to do that. Yeah, he probably yeah. doesn't know who I am. He's like, oh, this is affiliate marketer number 2,907. I know him. Why? Um, because he just it. made them go viral on it, TikTok or Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I have a cool process and film it and just stick it up there. People are like, ooh, that's awesome. Yeah. But uh, you can also find us on our website at anchor.fm slash blasters, tacky and tack blades. Again, anchor.fm slash blasters, tacky and tack blades, where for as little as 99 cents a month, you can help keep the lights on every little bit appreciated. These podcasts aren't free to produce, and we appreciate your patronage. Speaking of patronage, you can support the show more directly over at buymeacoffee.com slash author J.R. Hanley. Again, buymeacoffee.com slash author jr hanley be sure to put in the comment section this for the podcast and i will keep my co-hosts duly caffeinated they will drink until they catch up with me and then we will drink some more together because teamwork makes the dream work oh yeah multiple heart attacks yeah oh uh, synchronized heart attacks because we share new olympic sport coming out whenever the next olympics are so I'm picturing it like this, like, you know, we're sitting there, the IV with the coffee in the vein, we're chugging it like out of a cup. And then we have the, when we have the heart attacks together. You got the guy with the paddles clear, you know, you jolt around a little bit, coffee comes out of your eyes and then you grab another okay. mug. It's glorious. Y'all, y'all got to come back together within like five seconds. For the yeah. They're like timing your, your reanimation. One, two, three, boom. Oh, a little heart monitor, and as soon as they sync up, yeah, yeah, <laughs> looks like Team Charlie broke the record at three point nine seconds to sync. <laughs> Old man can do the Olympics too. 
Have you, have you seen that movie where it was like doctors that would like kill themselves and like see if they could go to the afterlife? You mean flatliners? Yes. I was getting flatliners vibes in my head. And then the shitty quasi remake called uh, the Lazarus, the Lazarus something, Lazarus effect. Yeah. We'll just leave it at flatliners. We should yeah. probably, that, that qualifies as sci-fi, right? We could do a review of that. Oh, flatliners is definitely sci-fi. Oh yeah. Yeah. If it's and, not, we'll, we'll paranormal, paranormal sci-fi. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely paranormal. We'll, we'll yeah. definitely wiggle that in because I want to do that. That could be a fun movie to review. And Kiefer Sutherland. I mean, you know, I don't judge your proclivity. America's bad boy in the 80s. Yes. All right. So thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For my crazy co-host, I am J.R. Hanley, and this was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week at the same time where we'll, unlo- we'll indulge, indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and all things that go Boom. Thank you for coming on, James. You're going to come back again because we have you on all our panels because you're fun. Um, and you drink good booze and make good recommendations. So, you know, what are you going to do? Um, do, you have, do you have like a paired read? I should have asked you this during the show. We're not off air yet, so we're just going to do it right now. Do you have like a recommended drinking list to go with your books? Like I would drink this chapter with this bourbon or whatever. Uh, whatever the highest proof you can tolerate. He is not responsible for any dead people who, you know, kill their liver. I tend to drink scotch when I'm drink when I'm writing, or uh, I like Stag Junior. That's the high end. Uh, I'm just gonna give a shout out to Glen Goyne. It's a wonderful scotch that doesn't get enough recognition. It tastes very much like toffee. Ooh, go on. And it's a nice little tenure. Let's see. Yeah, Bob. You can see it. It's very orange. It jumps out at Oh, my Lord. You know what your office needs? I just noticed this with the light behind you. You need one of those lights from uh, the Christmas story which says Fragili on it. It's French. (laughs) And you get the leg. Yeah. It's it's Italian. No, I think that's just fragile, honey. (laughs) Fragili. It's Italian. Fragili. It must be from Italy. Yeah. All right. Thank you for a coming special on. Award. Thank you for coming on, James. We're going to have you oh, back for sure. Me. This is a lot of fun. All right. And we're out. Wait for it. Wait for it.